it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is, girlfriend, and we are fired up and coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not taking the GOP primary debate stage tonight. No, about 35 other people are, and they'll be squaring off with Dana Perino and Fox Business's Stuart Varney as they discuss the state of the economy under Bidenomics. That is financial lunacy. It really has been, uh, and we'll hear their plans to clean it up. We're also going to get into some crime issues around the country as Target now being forced to close stores in nine different locations because of rampant theft. CVS also shutting down 10% of its stores because of runaway crime in these woke cities. Everything woke turns to Like, here's a pretty simple idea. I don't know. Arrest the bad guys. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you have an alternative method to do this. Uh, But I do stand by my (laughs) declaration. I think arresting the bad guys, I don't know. Maybe we should try that again. You know, (laughs) I think he's got a point. (laughs) But either way, you're welcome to weigh in. Agree, disagree. It doesn't matter on this show. There's no intellectual price of admission if you want to be a part of this thing. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, man. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask, man, just don't be a... There it is. Happy Thursday. I can tell you, as somebody who works in Fox News headquarters, there is a buzz in this building today for debate number two. Martha McCallum is going to be joining us today. She moderated debate number one along with the great Brett Bear. Martha will take us inside the process of preparing for one of these and what exactly Dana and Stewart are going to run into uh, when the starter's pistol is fired tonight at the Reagan Presidential Library out in Simi Valley. Okay, but I can tell you there's like an actual buzz. Uh, You know, our people are out there. The candidates are on the ground. If you've never seen the Reagan Presidential Library, it is gorgeous. Uh, And they've got an Air Force One there as a backdrop. And it's really going to be a wild time. So we're pumped up for it. But I've got to tell you, you know, I know it is a Fox business debate. It'll be simulcast on Fox News, but it's a Fox business debate specifically because they're supposed to be focusing on the economy. Okay, but as we talk about the economy, you know, you hear things about, you know, supply side this and domestic energy production, everything in between. But I don't think there's a bigger impact right now on retail around the country than crime. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, I want to talk about this really quickly. Okay, last night in Philly, if you guys haven't seen the viral videos, they're horrific. Okay, it's a just a, a mob of looters. Okay, at about eight o'clock last night. But a mob of looters just rip up Philadelphia. The Apple Store, Lululemon, Foot Locker, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in damages before the actual Philadelphia police in the, in the you know, the center business corridor or the 9th district, if you're familiar with it. Okay. They basically have to send in emergency response teams to try to get a riot under control. And they're looting stores and they're tearing things apart. And I'm telling you now, these are big box retailers. 
when you hear like Target's fleeing, when you hear like CVS's fleeing. These are not mom and pops. But if the big box retailers can't safely operate, there is no chance that the mom and pop stores can. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And those businesses, when you really do talk about the backbone of the economy, when you talk about the things that give towns their identity, that we form communities around, it's the stores that have been there 30 years and 50 years and 80 years that everyone's gone to and everybody knows each other and everybody is kind of invested in the community at that level of interaction, we're losing that. And the soulless chains that are coming in, they can't stay either. This could be a problem. It's a huge problem. Getting past losing regional identities, getting past losing civic pride, is the fact that we've just lost civil control. Okay, and there's a very indifference, there's a basic indifference, I find it disgusting, in cities around the country to the victims, the victims who own these stores, the migrants who come here legally, I might add, and bust their ass to build a family bodega only to watch it get robbed 20 times like keeps happening here in the city, or all the poor women that are getting assaulted, the workers that are getting attacked, and the criminals that have never been more emboldened than they've become under this administration. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, how many videos do you think you've seen on our channel, on Fox News, of someone walking into a retailer in L.A. and walking out with $200,000 worth of goods? Organized smash and grab. 50 guys show up in masks, break all the jewelry cases, walk out the door, nobody does anything. Okay, because they can't do anything. If the criminals aren't going to go to jail... Why in the world are you going to get yourself shot or stabbed trying to stop them for a crime we're not prosecuting anyway? And why did we do this? Just to be very clear, it's because in the summer of 2020, when it was trendy to say the cops suck, they're all the devil, okay, it became trendy to also show empathy for criminals. Well, you know, they're only stealing stuff because America's racist. I mean, come on, man. They're stealing stuff because they're getting away with it. They're stealing stuff because there has been a dereliction of duty in American households to raise decent children. Okay, and we now have a government telling them that it's not their responsibility. Let us do it. Okay, we'll figure out what gender your kid wants to be. If you don't agree, we'll rip them right out of the house. That's what they tried to do in California. Okay, ah, oh, your kid's a, a lawless thug beating up his teacher, spitting on a cop. You know, it's America's fault. They're systemically racist, right? That's what it is. So you got to vote for us because Washington, D.C., we're going to solve all your issues. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. It's always the case from all the way back to when Reagan held office. But even as recently as right now, when the government is getting involved in trying to solve problems, they're making them all worse. Okay, the government openly declared that we needed to get rid of the police. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Now, I know they didn't do it, but major municipalities like New York and Los Angeles cut over a billion dollars in police budgets. Okay, I promise you this emboldens criminals. Okay, when they hear, oh, they're cutting police budgets, they're mad at the cops. They say they're all racist. We're not going to jail anymore for this stuff. And that's exactly what they did. They just started storming into everything. How Shoplifting is through the roof. Okay, CVS is closing 900 stores. That's 900 communities that will now have a big, giant eyesore in the middle of a strip mall, on the side of the road, 
That's a few hundred people that won't have a job. There are direct correlations between high rates of violent crime and low rates of economic opportunity, meaning when a neighborhood doesn't have as many legal ways to make money, they go out and find illegal ways to make that money. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Seriously, violent crime spikes when the economy tanks. And the economy's a disaster right now. So when we're talking about business tonight, okay, when they're set, you know, when they're debating and all the primary candidates are out there on the stage, you know, the guy who has a plan to protect the businesses, protect the businesses from the criminals that want to rob them, protect the businesses from the government that wants to shut them down if they're not compliant with mask, mask mandates or vaccine mandates, okay, protect the businesses, okay? If you can't get in and out of the store safely, there's not going to be much of an economy to discuss. If you can't open your store without fear of getting mugged or robbed or stabbed or shot, think of what happened in New York where the bodega owner has a guy come in swinging a sword He pulls out a firearm, shoots the guy after people are literally getting hit with a sword. And what did the district attorney in New York do? They charged the store owner. That's what went on. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Okay. You got CVS closing 900 stores. You got Target in nine different cities. Okay. Think about that. Nine stores across the country. New York, Seattle, San Francisco, Portland, Oakland. What do they all have in common? They're run by liberals. They have created an environment that has emboldened the bad guys. Remember when you were a little kid, you played cops and robbers? Okay, there were two games you played. If you were a little kid in the backyard, you had a group of guys. You played cops and robbers, and you played cowboys and Elizabeth Warrens. But yes, cops and robbers, cowboys, and we called them Indians back then. I don't even know if we can say that anymore, but it's just the language. I'm just being deferential to the time. But understand, okay, in the game of cops and robbers, we always considered the robbers bad. Okay? We're now living in a world that has more empathy for the criminal than it does for the cop or, heaven forbid, the victim. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, but that's the Democratic Party. This montage, okay, is the reason targets are closing. This montage I'm about to play is the reason 900 CVSs are closing. This montage is the reason so many people don't feel safe walking down the street. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. Mm. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. 
So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? What would you do with a brain if you had one? That's a fair question to ask Kamala Harris. Just a brain-dead idiot. We have to have this conversation about what we're getting out of the police. Oh, I don't know, safety, law and order. Healthy, thriving communities where women and children can walk down the street without fear of being attacked. Okay, understand, this was not like rioting in response to some type of bad deed by the government. Okay, and to be clear, there's no context in which rioting is okay. Yes, Kamala Harris famously tweeted, and to this day the tweet is still up, encouraging people to bail out violent rioters in the near north of Minneapolis after they burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in, like, the name of progress. Well, we're going to fight back on behalf of the black community by burning down the businesses they run and looting them and rioting them. Folks, those aren't activists, okay, doing that. Those are criminals. Those are That's who that is. Okay, here's John Stanford. He is the interim police commissioner in Philadelphia. Clip 39. These were not protesters. These were criminals. These were people that took advantage of, of an opportunity. Um, and again, you know, looking to destroy our city. And, and I say that because everybody in this city should be angry. Everybody that, that goes to these businesses should be angry. Everybody that lives in, in various communities throughout this city that have impacted by, by this behavior in 2020 should be angry about what they observed tonight and what they're seeing from you all reporting this tonight because, again, it's disgusting, and, and it has no place in this city. And, again, we all need to work together to, to nip it as quickly as we can. I mean, he's not wrong, but you understand we've seen this video in so many different cities. And there have been no repercussions. We've seen police stations burned down. Think about that. Democrats saying, yeah, defund the cops. And then when they get caught yelling defund the cops, but walking around with police <laughs> protecting them, they pull a Cory Bush. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life. And I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up. And defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. She said defund the police has to happen because we're saving lives. Okay, we found ourselves in this position where we created more empathy for the criminal than the cop or the victim because we claimed it was racist to support the police. But as you look around the country and you see the stores getting looted and the workers getting assaulted and the citizens getting mugged and raped and robbed, what you quickly come to realize is it's a hell of a whole lot more racist not to support the police because they're the ones protecting the minorities who are bearing the brunt of all of this violence in places like Philadelphia and Chicago. Okay, people talk about, you know, go woke, go broke. Okay, I don't know how it'll impact your bank account, but your wallet's going to get taken away if you live in a city that went woke. We killed this city. We killed this city by going woke. Killed this city. We killed this city by going woke.
Listening to the show that Standard and Poor describes as Standard and Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Martha McCallum is coming up later, but her opening act is down in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Mike is on the line. Yo, Mike. Oh, my gosh. Jimmy Fallon, how are you? Oh, better now, man. Better now. <laughs> well, um, I was listening to you, and I love your show. Hey, I like listening to you. I find you to be a real smart guy who Whoa. gets it. Whoa. So. I'll yeah, send. I'll send you the. 20 bucks, oh man. yeah, the twenty bucks. I owe you money for that. Venmo. <laughs> That's right. So um, something you just said was about cashless bail and how it was trendy, mm-hmm. you know, several years ago for Democrats to to enact policies like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, I spoke to your producer, and I thought there might be another angle you would consider, mm-hmm. and that is it's specifically listed as part of the platform on the Democratic Socialists of America website. Yep. Under the bullet point of end the criminalization of working class survival, it says end all fines and fees associated with the criminal legal process. Well, what could possibly go wrong, Mike? Oh, my goodness. Listen, we're five seconds from a commercial break, but you get it. And by bullet points, sadly, they do mean bullet points. Ugh. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. It is debate day here on Fox Across America. Probably the second biggest TV event of the week on the channel. Biggest one, of course, being this Saturday night at 10 p.m. I will be hosting Fox News Saturday night this coming Saturday. going to be a banger. We'll wrap up the week that was, yeah, kind of a comedic state of the union. It's basically this show with hair and makeup, uh, which, again... I stand by this. I am standard definition pretty. 
standard definition. You put me on an HD, I mean... This is absolutely gross. Okay, I was upfront about this relationship. I'm a cab driver. I went to community college. You know, if I wasn't on TV, I'd probably be a before model. Be the guy on the side of the ad. (laughs) Like, you know you're out of shape when you wish you could get in the shape that the before guy is in. Not the guy who took the supplements and work. I just, most of the time I'm looking at the ad and I'm like, if I could be in as good a shape as the before guy, I'd have a chance in life, you know? Put that cookie down now! Anyway, uh, here's the deal. Okay, Saturday night we'll have a good time. It'll be great. Tomorrow night we're doing a live Hannity in front of a live studio audience. going to be nuts. There's a lot going on. Okay, but when you hear these flashy credits, I, I, you know, I tell you what I'm up to for two things. One, you have to promote your career. But two, I'm trying to remind you, you know, just how spectacular the possibilities are in this country. I was just some dirtbag driving along in a cab doing comedy in opium dens around the city. And somebody saw me. I was like, this guy's all right. Why don't we put him on TV? And away we went. It was great. America. That's what you want. That's what this country is supposed to be. And every day, a guy who comes from that, okay, who very much identifies and relates to that a lot more than he does TV life. I mean, I love these people. They're great people. They're easy to work with. They're a lot of fun. They never talk about you behind your back. (laughs) Anyway, I do love working here. It's great. And the truth is, as a regular person, okay, who's watching the erosion in the quality of life in this country, it drives me crazy. Mike, our previous caller, had just brought up a point, okay? When you talk about us being a divided society, Okay, what we consider to be bad. Hey, they're looting stores. Hey, the border's wide open. Hey, the criminals aren't going to jail anymore. Cashless bail, let them out. What we consider to be bad, okay, the Democrats consider to be good. That's the point. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. A lot of you are because you care about your communities. You care about your families. You care about the quality of the country. Okay, they don't like we say, oh, Biden's a failure at the border. Okay, the Democrats don't feel that way. They love the idea of millions and millions and millions of migrants coming across the border. They love it. Okay, creates cheap labor. Okay, which is, of course, a big gift to all the wealthy elites that donate to the Democratic Party. All the corporations that bankrolled this summer of love in 2020, every corporation that told you we needed to defund the police. Every pro sports league that got on board and let the athletes protest the police while simultaneously asking the police to protect these protests. Have you ever seen anything more disgusting in this country than the summer of 2020? Not if you're my age, you haven't. Okay, but understand they consider this to be progress. Guys like Mike who call up and go, go, you know, it says right there in the party platform, you know, that they're trying – Okay, to destroy the basic way of life in a lot of these communities is why we're getting what we're getting. This is not their plan failing. This is their plan working. And it's terrifying. Okay, because when I get on the radio, I get on the TV, I don't talk to you as a Republican. I don't talk to you as an activist. I shouldn't be in charge of how you vote. I'm just talking to you as a human. Okay, as human beings with basic primal needs which is, oh, I don't know, don't get killed on the way to work if you can avoid doing so. Okay, the Democrats are failing to protect that basic primal need. Don't get raped, don't get robbed. Okay, do you know what the crime numbers are around the country? It's horrifying right now. You call 911 in most liberal cities, you get a busy signal. And if you have an operator, they're so understaffed right now based on what's gone on. But when you embolden criminals, you get more of it. That's the reality of right now. So as we're sitting here looking out at the country 
Every one of you. Okay, I tour. I'm, I'm, I'm around the country. Every single town I pull into now, the minute you pull off a highway ramp, any highway ramp, any part of town, there's an able-bodied white guy hanging out asking for money. Okay, somebody with a drug problem who's not getting help, they're getting emboldened. No, no, we'll give a safe injection site. Forget just say no. We're just going to say yes now. That's what they want. Okay, the Democrats who sell out the country to Big Pharma at every turn. Big Pharma sponsoring pretty much anything you watch on a TV. Okay, Big Pharma getting the Democrats in power to mandate a vaccine that they themselves trashed on the campaign trail. Don't ever forget that. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Think about that. And then he gets into office. And what's the first thing he does? He mandates the vaccine. That's just how white folks will do you. We went from who the hell's going to take this thing to he got into office and Big Pharma was like, by the way, everyone's going to take this thing. Here's some money. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, mandatory, totally. Okay, yo, they experimented on your children's bodies with this vaccine. We don't have long-term data on how the vaccine affects children. We don't have long-term data on how it protects the reproductive health of women. Okay, they stopped that study a few weeks in. Like, no, you don't need to see this. Now they're pushing a booster without sharing any data on its efficacy. Okay, we know it didn't work when it comes to stopping people from getting COVID. That was the sale. You have to get vaccinated because you can't get COVID. Okay, that was the sale. Okay, but understand, they did it and got away with it. They just changed their story. Well, we didn't say you couldn't get COVID if you got the vaccine. You got to get it because it'll lessen symptoms. That's why you got to get the vaccine. That's what they told us. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. I mean, that was Rochelle Walensky, not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in the real world data. Except it wasn't. They were firing people from their jobs. Republicans, Democrats, libertarians, anything in between. Do you understand? We're being done dirty by the people running this country right now. And that's got to bother you. Whether you're a Republican or anything else doesn't matter. I don't care. I just want human needs to be provided for by our government because that's what we're paying for. Okay, police budgets were cut. Criminals were emboldened. Bodies were experimented on. And there's not blowback. Nobody pushes back. Why? Because they're concerned about how it'll hurt their political party. Okay, nobody wants to own the fact that I just played you a two-minute montage of Democrats saying defund the police. Eric Holder made it a point. What did he say? It doesn't mean abolish the police. It just means a drastic reduction of police in the community. That's what he said. Shut up, fool. Um, Can you imagine? No, no, we're not going to abolish them. We just need a drastic reduction of police. That is a fact check false. Not if you care about cities, you need more cops than ever. Because criminals have never been so emboldened. People aren't going to jail. Do you dig it? 
You go down to the subway platform outside of Fox on the F train right now and hit some lady with a brick and take her purse. Here's a news flash. You're not going to be in jail tomorrow. You're not. You might not be in jail five hours from now. Okay. Earlier uh, in the spring, if you remember, we had a crazy heartbreaking story on the subway where Daniel Penny, a Marine who was a week away from graduating college, by all accounts, a productive member of society. One of the good examples of a younger generation in America actually prospering, okay, and getting out there and making a contribution. But Daniel Penny wound up on a subway train where a guy who was hopped up on crank started threatening women and children, strung out on drugs. There's a million of them all over the city. Daniel Penny throws the guy in a headlock to subdue him. He does kill the guy. Okay, he does kill the guy. Okay, he's now being charged. No regard for the women who were attacked and menaced. No regard for the millions of kids who ride the subway to school every day in this city. No. Let's just send a strong message to the people who might want to protect the women and children on these trains that we're not here for that. You got to let the crazy guys get hopped up on crank and break dances Michael Jackson and punch whoever they want in the face. That's just, you know, America. What are we talking about here? Folks, that's going on now, and it's not acceptable. Okay, we're paying tax dollars to a government that's not keeping up its end of the bargain. Their job is to keep you safe. That's why you pay the government. Make sure the bridge doesn't fall down. Make sure I feel safe walking down the street. Okay, is the government standing up to the needs? The answer would be no. No. Infrastructure's a mess. Planes don't even take off half the time. So we're too busy re- repronouncing the planes and the, the <laughs> notification system. Notice to airmen. That's the, that was the notification system for pilots. Pete Buttigieg gets in as your transportation secretary and immediately changes it to notice to air persons. That was absolutely dreadful. Seriously, what does changing the terminology have to do with the quality of flights? Nothing, of course. It's all symbolic garbage. That's what's going on now. We're fighting all the wrong battles. Okay, it became cool to say cut the police budgets. It became cool to spit at the cops. Okay, in the summer of 2020, while you were simultaneously counting on them to protect you. Okay, believe me, everybody who tells you defund the police, what do you think the first thing is that happens when the money's on the table? Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. But nobody calls a crackhead, which is, you know, a shame because there's so many crackheads on call right now that need the money. I mean, you think you might want to put them to work, but they don't. You know, it's not always easy to call a crackhead. Sometimes you can't get through to Hunter's bedroom at the White House. You know, but this is the society they have created. Vinny's in Hartford, Connecticut. Vinny! Hey, I'm all, Jimmy, how are you? I'm all worked up today. you got to talk me off the ledge. Yeah, I have a different way of looking at it. Yep. Now, all the money that they're not putting in the budget for the police, mm-hmm. where is it going and who's deciding what it's being spent on? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I can tell you what happened. The two biggest budget cuts in New York and L.A., they actually reinstated most of it after crime spiked. Like most of the budget cuts, even places like Minneapolis and Milwaukee and Kenosha, are being forced to be re-implemented. But the problem is they crushed morale so hard they can't get anybody to take the job. Early retirement spiked by 44% after the summer of 2020. And now the hiring went from, you know, six-month screening process in the police academy to a one-day exam because nobody wants the gig. So the big problem is it's twofold. They emboldened criminals and they demoralized good people off of the job and they scared good people out of taking the job. So at a very basic level, 
They have to reset the priority clock in this country if we want to populate the police force with more young, good, you know, people who are ambitious and want to have an impact on the community. But did you have an idea on what to do with the money? Is that what you were asking? No, I'm just wondering, you know, the politicians like to control where the money goes. Oh, yeah. Now, let's say now let's say the ones that really aren't for the police. They're like, well, what what can we do with that money? Mm -hmm. Who? You know, how can we get a kickback with that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You can't do it if, if – yeah. and that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. And another thing that's hurting the police, I think Connecticut did this, is I think they're liable now, you know, for things they do on the job. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, is that they got, happening? They got rid of qualified immunity, and that means cops can now be sued uh, if they shoot somebody or they're involved in a use of force. Uh, traditionally, the municipalities used to shield the cops, legally indemnify them and absorb that themselves. But now you're a cop and you've got a community that turns on you if they see eight seconds of a video that might be from a four minute interaction, you know, and now you don't even have the legal backing of the municipality. So a lot of good cops don't want to take the job. It's crazy. You know, the money you mentioned, you know, some of it's going to Ukraine. Other money's getting spent on climate change. God knows what. But the point is, we pay the government so much money, and they're supposed to be doing basic things they're not doing. And that's why, like, Vinny, when, I, when I'm on the show and I kind of do the show the way I do, I'm trying to get people listening who might not agree. You know, they might not be Republicans. I don't care. We're just humans. We're paying for this. We're all chipping in. It's a government that we support. They've managed to get us $33 trillion in debt, and we don't even have the basic necessities. So, you know, if we don't start playing team ball in this country, there's not going to be a team left to play for. That's the concern. So guys like you who care and pay attention and think critically are an asset. So thank you, buddy. Have a great day. Uh, 888-788-9910. You need to clone more Vinny. So just, you know, just have a question. Just have a take. Because you really think, and this is the part everybody gets away from in this country. It drives me crazy, man. Like I'm sitting here in a cowboy shirt. I'm not a serious person. Okay, I play video games in my 40s. Okay, but at a basic limited understanding of society that I have that I get on the air with every day, I can tell you we're getting screwed. Okay, we support the government. Do you understand if you have kids and the kids like guys going out Friday night, can I have 20 bucks? I'm going to the carnival, you know, wherever. We're going to the pizza place. I have 20 bucks. Okay, they can't go get the pizza if you don't give them the 20 bucks. You understand? Okay, we're the ones. The government does what it does because we hand over our tax dollars. They can't go out for pizza on Friday night if we don't give them the money. You understand? In this instance, we're not giving them the money for pizza. We're giving them the money for protection. We're giving them the money to secure the border. We're giving them the money for adequately funded and properly functioning schools. Okay, none of which are performing up to standard. More than 30% of the kids in this country cannot read at a grade level. I love the poorly educated. But we're paying for the government that will educate our children. And what are they telling them instead? You know, you might be strapped in the wrong body. You came to school today, nice to see you, but before we read and write, before we teach you adding, we're going to teach you how to subtract your junk. What the hell did you just say? That's what they're saying. Okay, kids can't read, but good news. There's a drag queen named Cinnabons coming into the classroom to give them a lap dance. Do you get it? We're paying for that. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or libertarian. That's it's not what you're ponying up your money for. 
We're $33 trillion in debt, and we're not even getting the things done we need to get done. What would that actually cost if we wanted to get it done? I can't imagine, okay? Because the truth is we can't even get them to acknowledge our priorities, let alone address them, which is why you could be listening to this show and being like, screw Fox News. I hate listen every day. Can't stand for rah. Well, guess what? You're getting screwed too, homie. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Martha McCallum in the next hour. She moderated the first GOP presidential debate. Dana Perino on the wheels of steel tonight, along with Stuart Varney. They will do a phenomenal job, and we're looking forward to that, uh, as well as the Univision team joining them. Uh, This, of course, originating on Fox Business, where I will be appearing in the run-up to the show. I will be on at 6.50 p.m. tonight, uh, sizing up the role that humor has played in presidential debates. Uh, there's basically one funny line from Reagan, uh, Bush <laughs> nodding at Al Gore when he tried to psych him out by walking across the stage. My favorite moment of all time, which is Mike Pence just cutting down Tim Kaine. Uh, and a little chicanery along the way. There was a fly that landed on Pence's head when he was debating Kamala, which really threw Pence all the way off because that fly was the closest he came to anyone with any intelligence on the stage. He was like, wait, what's going on? I didn't, I didn't prepare for this level of intellect. But we'll be analyzing all of it and so much more in the next hour. So don't go anywhere. I need the ratings. Listen to me. Look at me. I'm a mess. need all the help I can get. You better be here when we come back. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. Big hour coming your way on Fox Across America. A embarrassment of radio riches. Martha McCallum, she hosts the story every day on the Fox News channel. She moderated the first GOP presidential debate. She will be joining us in studio to preview the second GOP presidential debate. And I got to be honest with you. This one is going to be an absolute brawl on that stage. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. We'll explain why in this hour. 888-788-9910. If you want a piece of the action, it is an audio safe space for cool people. I say it every day, okay? I'm an old-fashioned talk show host. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, It doesn't matter. I'm not like this omnipotent intellectual force. I went to community college, okay? I was sitting next to, like, a 35-year-old man in a high chair. (laughs) It's not to say, like, community college isn't a good thing. It's a great thing, actually, because you get good, cheap, transferable credits. You don't go to one of those big schools where they teach you to hate America and charge you a quarter of a million dollars for it. No, community college is actually a phenomenal asset to your career if you utilize it properly. Uh, Did I (laughs) utilize it properly? The answer would be no. But I did have a good time. So there's that. But 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show. A show that takes the issue seriously but does not take itself seriously at all. No, ma'am, that is not the gig. Uh, What I'm here doing today is a little radio You'll see me on your TV tonight previewing the debate. Tomorrow, I'll be on Fox and Friends First at 5.50 in the morning. Uh, I will be, of course, on this show. Tudor Dixon will be here tomorrow. I'll be on Hannity tomorrow in front of a live studio audience. 
And uh, it's a, I'm going on a bender right now. About to sleep two hours in the next 48, but we're going to have a good time, girlfriend. So buckle up. Get your media seatbelt on. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? So here's where it goes tonight, just so you understand. One last candidate is on the stage. Asa Hutchinson not on the stage tonight, did, meet, did not meet the qualification threshold. Everybody else from the first debate is. So we're going to have a pretty crowded house. But what you're going to notice tonight, and this is where Dana and Varney are going to have their hands full, is the people on that stage now are desperate. The reason they're desperate is because Trump is sitting on a 50-point lead. You understand, with a 50-point lead, donors don't want to keep on cutting checks to candidates that aren't going to move the needle. But as long as we've got eight guys, ten guys in the race, needle's not going to move. Guy picks up a point here or there, but it's going to take a lot of candidates dropping out for any one candidate to make a legitimate run at Trump. Now, the only way these candidates are going to drop out is if someone drops them out, okay, meaning we need a knockout punch. I expect a very aggressive DeSantis tonight. I expect a very aggressive Nikki Haley tonight. Uh, absent that, you know, I'm sure Vivek's going to rap and make some balloon animals and do whatever theatrical thing he can do to get media coverage. Christie's going to call Trump a criminal. Great. That'll be – let's go to Chris Christie. Trump should be in jail. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Okay, there'll be that. But understand, the people watching who donate the money – the people who determine who's going to be on the ballots when the primaries start in January and who's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Okay, those people need to see movement. The candidates on the stage know it. Okay, the reality is they say in politics overnight is a lifetime, meaning everything you know to be true can change in an instant overnight in politics. Okay, right now the foregone conclusion is Trump's walking away with this nomination. Okay, and according to the polls, he is. But if you look at the actual reality of the landscape between now and January, only a fifth of the voters, only a fifth of the GOP primary voters say they're voting for Trump and no one else. Only one fifth of the primary voters say it's Trump or bust. Four fifths of them say they're open to whatever candidate winds up being the best person. If that's the case, you understand, then Trump is not sitting on a guaranteed nomination. And he's not. I mean, that's reality. That's why he should be out there debating. I understand the defensive posture, which is, hey, I'm up 50 points. Why am I going to let these guys close the gap? But you're not running out the clock in a football game. You're running for president of the United States. You need to be out there making the case that you're better than them. The only case he's making right now is a lot of people are butthurt about the 2020 election. So they're rallying around the Trump flag and they're trying to avenge 2020 by getting him back into the White House, which, again, he is exponentially better as a president than Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is horrible. But that's not enough of a case to secure the nomination, especially not when you're going into office if Trump does win again at the age of 78 as a lame dunk president. This is the reality. Like if you're voting for Trump for real. Okay, is because anything's better than Biden. That's motivation number one. And motivation number two is you're just going to get a little bit of a reset. He's not going to drain the swamp. He's only got one term. He can't do it. There's too much swamp to drain. Okay, if he was going to drain the swamp, he would have drained them in the first term. Okay, so when he takes positions like that, believe me, he's not draining the swamp. Okay, the big deliverable 
is everybody gets revenge for 2020 and we get Biden out of office. Okay, getting Biden out of office, I consider to be a tippy top priority. Okay, but you got to make sure you get him out of office. That's where these other candidates have a lot of viability in the general election. Their unfavorable numbers aren't remotely as high as Donald Trump's happen to be. Okay, Trump has every right to be in this race. I'm not telling him he should drop out. The people should ultimately decide. But he's making the people's jobs harder by just trying to run out the clock because he doesn't want to stand toe to toe with these guys. He doesn't want to take shots. He doesn't want to discuss his record. Okay, guys, Trump got convicted of fraud yesterday. Was it politically motivated? Yes. Letitia James ran for office saying she'd go get Trump. Okay, that doesn't sound like justice being blind. That sounds like justice having its eyes wide open to how they're going to get donor money in a liberal city like New York. I think it was a scam. But you understand, like, the 91 indictment counts, okay? They matter. They will matter in the general election to people who don't like Trump already and now get presented with the reality that he's been indicted for 91 criminal counts. That stuff matters. That's why the Democrats did it. I'm not telling you it's fair. I'm just telling you it matters. It's significant. And what you're going to see tonight in the debate is guys jockeying for position to be the Republican alternative if Trump isn't even on the ballot. Okay, or if Trump does something disqualifying between now and then, I'm not telling you it's going to happen. I'm not telling you I want it to happen. I'm not telling you Trump doesn't deserve to be there. I'm just giving you sober analysis that you're not getting in a lot of places right now. Okay, let me give you DeSantis. Okay, because DeSantis was on before me last night on Ingram. I was watching DeSantis. I was sitting there in the pod. Governor of Florida's up. Whose picture do I see on the bottom of the screen? I see mine. Coming up moments away, Jimmy Fallon. At which point I say to myself, oh, (laughs) Like, I better pull my life together. Sometimes I forget what I do for a living. Like, I'm so busy enjoying it. I don't actually, like, feel pressure or, like, how's this going to go? I'm so nervous. It's just a person. It's funny. My whole life is a drinking story. But as I'm sitting there in the pod waiting to follow DeSantis, and it dawns on me that, oh, that's really cool. This guy might be president. You're on after him. Look at that. So neat. Okay. As I'm sitting there... I immediately drift back into what I normally do, which is forget circumstance, forget the magnitude of anything going on here in the building, and just start watching as a human the DeSantis interactions with Ingram. And I got to tell you, DeSantis did a great job on our show. He was great. It's funny. He was talking about Rocky movies. We talked about the Little League World Series, having beers on his birthday. He was like a real person. And then last night, Laura gave him a perfect intro, tossed him a joke, And he went right into his talking points. If DeSantis has any shot tonight, I'm telling you this, because he's falling backwards. Nikki Haley's ahead of him now. You need to see the Radio Ron DeSantis. If you get Radio Ron DeSantis, he's got a great shot. If he stands there in a suit and looks cute and makes talking points, I'm telling you they're going to bounce him out of this race before they start voting in January. But here he is, okay, making the case for Trump to be there. And I don't think he's wrong. Clip two. He's running in 2024 on a lot of the same promises he ran on in 2016 and didn't deliver on. He said he was going to drain the swamp. They didn't drain the swamp at all. He still defends hiring Christopher Ray. He didn't fire Ray. He didn't fire Fauci. He said Mexico was going to pay for the border wall. That didn't happen. They started the wall, but we've got a lot more to be able to do to finish the wall. He said he was going to eliminate the national debt. Uh, they added almost $8 trillion to the debt in four years. And then remember, he promised to appoint a special counsel 
for Hillary Clinton. Then after the election, two weeks later, he's like, oh, no, forget about it. That's what you say before the election. It's not what you say after. So now he's saying he's going to do one for Biden, but he had promised to do that for uh, in, in 2016. So listen, this, the points DeSantis are making, okay, they're not wrong. This guy will say anything. No, no, but he's not entirely wrong. Okay, but the trick is, it's this is reality of the country we're living in right now. You're not running for president anymore. You're running for class president. It's a personality contest. People like Trump. He's funny. Okay, he's fighting the establishment. They've turned a Fifth Avenue billionaire into a punk rock candidate, and they are absolutely doing Trump dirty. Oh, they absolutely are. No question. But, you know, the reality is if you want to be the guy who replaces him on the ticket, if you want to be the guy who ultimately has the power to pardon him should he get convicted of any of this stuff, you need to get out there just be a little more personable, okay, in this moment. Because substantively, DeSantis is phenomenal. He's been a phenomenal governor. Wrong. But he has been. Okay, that's why it's so laughable that the people shilling on the Trump side like Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake, just so we understand, is an actual circus clown. Straight up clown. Carrie Lake, when she was running for governor, praised DeSantis up and down and sideways. She said he had BDE, which is a slang term uh, for something to do with his anatomy. Said he was the model governor. As a governor, she hopes to be just like Ron DeSantis. He stood up to Fauci. He didn't mandate vaccines or masks. He's the model for how you run a state. That's what she said. Okay, it's all over Twitter because people are posting it everywhere in response to this clip I'm about to play you. Carrie Lake, now hoping to become a a, a name on Trump's VP list, turns around yesterday and tries claiming that DeSantis was upside down on COVID. Clip seven. Let us not forget that DeSantis also shut the beaches down. DeSantis took a page out of Gavin Newsom's playbook. Despite what he says, he shut the beaches down. He did force vaccines. He did force face masks on our kids. So he tries to act like um, he was perfect. And Florida was DeSantis open. DeSantis forced vaccines on kids? He forced vaccines on people, on workers. He forced no, he face masks on children. And he was for all that. DeSantis was for all of that. So he thinks that we forgot that as well. Now, granted, he didn't continue the misery as long as... It was a one month or a couple weeks on what it was. It was a little more than that. It was a little more than that. The beaches were shut down to people. You are so full of sh. Now, listen, she's not wrong when she says the beaches were shut down. Okay. But she was praising, praising Ron DeSantis when she was running. She actually met with Ron DeSantis on the campaign trail. And very much coveted his endorsement. But this is the transactional nature of politics. Okay. Here's a great, just a great random one. Okay. <laughs> Carrie Lake praises Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at Phoenix rally. August 15th, 2022. <laughs> it's so funny. And at every turn. Okay. If you look at that video I just played you. Everybody. Okay. Everybody on Twitter is trashing her. Because she was out there. She has eight different tweets where she says he's the best governor around. He's the model. This is the industry standard. Okay. Now she's desperate for a role in Trump's cabinet or whatever the hell it might be. So she's like, DeSantis, he's the worst. This is politics as usual. But this is why no one takes the party seriously. 
Like, guys, I'm telling you, if you're like a Republican, okay, my job is to help the Republican Party win elections. I'm a conservative. I consider the policies exponentially better than liberal policies. But my job isn't to get Republicans elected, okay? But if you actually live and die to help the Republicans win elections, uh, you got to get rid of the clowns. Carrie Lake's a clown, okay? She's an actual clown. And, uh, you know, we had her on this show. I had a fun exchange with her where, you know, she pumped me full of talking points for 12 minutes. And then at the end, I gave her a good layup. And I was like, what kind of Super Bowl Bowl party you're going to throw in Arizona? And she goes, well, Jimmy, when I think of the Super Bowl, I just think of the national anthem. That was absolutely dreadful. Because I was just asking her to give me one exchange that wasn't a talking point. Say guacamole. Say we're going to have beer. Say the halftime show. Say anything. Okay, but she hit me with another manufactured talking point to close the interview, and it was awful. Get her out. Get her out of here. But here she is now in the desperate position that she's in, trashing. Or here's a, a great August 15th, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake says Florida governor has BDE, big DeSantis energy. Here's Lake at a rally. DeSantis is gutsy. The guy has bigger you-know-what. Wait, let me think about how I want to word this. My staff always says, whatever you do, do not say balls. So I'm not going to say it. That guy has a backbone made of steel. I'll tell you what DeSantis has got, Lake continued. I don't know if you've heard of this, but he's got BDE. Anybody know what that means? Ask your kid about it. That's Carrie Lake. I call it big DeSantis energy. He's got the same kind of BDE that President Trump has. Frankly, he has the same kind of BDE that we all want our elected leaders to have. So this is Carrie Lake praising DeSantis to the point that she's complimenting his anatomy for the strong leadership he's shown. And then she turns around in the next breath and says, ah, DeSantis is the worst. He's got nothing. Carrie Lake is an out-and-out circus clown. Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Martha McCallum around the corner. Uh, we'll get to the phones beforehand. Bernie in Clearwater, Florida. Bernie! Hey, man, how you doing? Thank you for taking my call. For sure, Bernie. You know, I have a soft spot for Clearwater. They treated us right when we were down there. That's a nice place. Been here since 1979. Oh, Enjoy the hell out of it. Good for you. Um, You're, you're living a good life. Um, well, yeah. Trump's probably closer to Clearwater than he is the debate stage tonight. What do you think of that? Uh, I... I don't agree with him. I understand why he's doing it. Um, and basically, he's not going to do it because he will not sign that pledge. Mm-hmm. You know, his ego will not allow him to do that. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, he's he- not going to admit that he may not be the candidate. He'd have to support somebody else. So. Yeah, he can't. No, you're right. There's no world where he's making peace with that. <laughs> you're no, right. No way. You know? um, yeah, the other thing I call about is, you know, um, I listen to every Fox show, mm-hmm. Fox in the morning, the whole ball wax. I'm mm-hmm. up at 4 o'clock in the morning and wow. watching reruns of Laura Ingram and all that stuff. Uh-oh. You know, unfortunately, things have become too cookie-cutter, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, at Fox, now, your show is different, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the old Rush Limbaugh show, which is run by two people you know very well, mm-hmm. uh, is on the same time you are. Mm-hmm. Um I can't take it. It's not a two-host show. I think the two guys are yeah. ruined. Yeah, That's no, why it's... I switched to you. Okay? Oh, what a guy. Thanks. 
I, I'm going to tell uh, I'm going to tell Clan Buck that when I see him, by the way. And you know I am. I, I continue. Hope you, I hope you do. I mean, they just they step on each other too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, listen. I'm like a generational talent. You know, like Rush is a superstar. My talent is I don't have any, but it's very unique to this position, well, so it works. I, th- I think you're selling yourself short there. That's yeah. Well, if yeah, you want it's, the job, it's an interesting as, show. Well, thank you, brother. And, but if you want the job as my agent, it pays in tequila. We'll reach out, okay? I'm too old. Uh, <laughs> I'm 78 years old. I'm too old for that type of stuff. Stop it, Bernie. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is this did not get a lot of coverage. Sean Hannity talked about it. Uh-huh. But, you know, Jim Jordan took his committee to Chicago. Oh, I love that. Listen to me. We're coming up on a commercial break. We'll discuss this again in the future. The Jordan committee was excellent. Good call, Bernie. Good eye. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got the second GOP primary debate going down tonight. Joining us now is a woman who moderated the first, the bell of the cable news ball, host of the story every day in the Fox News channel. Martha McCallum is here in our brand new studio. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Jimmy. It is fancy, is it not? It's really awesome. It feels very late night around it's here. It's a very late night vibe going on. <laughs> I think. But what is it? I, uh, 125, 135, I think. I think what they're actually telling me is they've abandoned giving me a daytime sensibility. Like yes. they, they try. You're going, like, yes, you're going directly right. Depending, <laughs> like, regardless of the time of day, this is where you are. <laughs> Listen, man, they've, they've just accepted it. I appreciate it. The intervention didn't work. They tried to make me an adult. Look at me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I, I am dressed like a figure skater uh, who let himself go, but we'll work that out. Is that what that is? I don't, know what, I don't know what I call this because I a also Western. Look, yeah, there's a Western vibe. Now, right? here's the background on this because you have the highest security clearance in the administration. I grew up. Everyone in my family was a cop, but we rode a lot of motorcycles. So when you see me in boots and stuff, it's that's motorcycle attire. Right. But it, it, you know, it, it works Western on TV. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not actually walking around thinking I'm a cowboy. Okay. Because when I go to like cowboy locales, like say I'm doing stand up in Montana next month, when I show up in one of these shirts and they hear my voice, they think I'm in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, who brought you here? Within who gave you the hour, shirt? Who hour, are you really? Within an hour of getting to the diner, I've been offered to kill three people for money. I'm exactly. like, no, actually, I work. I have a job. I swear. It's a whole to do. It's a whole to do. But we're talking about beating up on people. Why? Because I believe this second debate is going to have to get contentious, if only because they have to shrink the field. And more importantly, if you want donors to keep cutting checks, somebody needs to demonstrate an ability to move the needle, no? 100%. I mean, I thought the first one was pretty contentious. It was great. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I imagine we're going to see that tonight. And, and if you are one of these deep pocket donors, mm-hmm. you're watching this process and you're saying to yourself, do I really want to spend any more money yeah. on, on any of these folks? So this is going to become very cutthroat in terms of survival yep. of the fittest and who's going to get voted off the island uh-huh. and all of that. And I think people will be voted on the off the island after tonight, most likely. Will they go willingly or will they try to drag it out yeah. for a while? You know, I think some people run, you know, people run for president for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the most important, obviously, is because you want to be president. Mm-hmm. Um, others want to stay relevant. Yeah. Uh, others might want to run next time around and they're working for name recognition and to build the reputation of yep. the country. All legitimate you know, good things. You know, that's that's understandable. It took Ronald Reagan several tries to become president of the United States. So those are all legitimate aims. Um, but the question is, you know, does the party and and the donors want to get this down to one or two people against yeah. Trump to figure out whether or not 
you know, he's going to continue to be as strong as he is right now, which clearly he is, mm-hmm. and whether or not they need to have a plan B, yep. and if they want that to be a focused plan B. Yeah, well, I think that's the answer. We're talking to Martha McCallum, and it's going to be really exciting. I mean, having moderated the first one, are you excited to watch the second Absolutely. one? Absolutely. I mean, I love debates, yeah. and I love I love it because it's, it's live. You know, I, I said, you know, this is why moderators can't be done by AI. Uh-huh. Because you have to be able to (laughs) pick up on the clues of where these people are going, who hesitated, who raised their hand a little tentatively, you know, who who lit up when you asked that question and it wasn't to them. Maybe you want to shoot it over to them on on the next round. So it's it's an active sport. It's like a news sport night. And that's why I get so excited. Oh, it's the Super Bowl of politics tonight. The GOP primary debate. Second one moderated by Dana Perino, Stuart Varney, who's faking his accent, by the way. We'll get to it later. (laughs) Superstar talent from Univision. But uh, here's the truth. Uh, I to your point about A.I., it's one of the reasons I always tell people when they're like, you know, AI is writing jokes. Are you concerned about it stealing comedians' jobs? No, because no one's going to a comedy club and stare at a laptop. Okay, there is a human element to this, and I think that's the biggest challenge facing some of the candidates. Like you guys, to your credit, and we talked about this at great length on the show, and I talked about it with Dana, and I talked about it with Hammer when he wasn't whining about the Bengals. You know, he's very passionate about his football. I know. We had such a substantive debate the first debate like we they, they really you guys did such a great job of like sheepdogging them you corralled them and they really did talk substance and i think the republicans if this becomes a substantive uh, general election have a great chance of taking back control of the government of winning this thing but i think the challenge for a lot of these guys who'd like to be the leader is that in the primary season, it's a lot of this is class president it's not just president it is a personality contest to some extent is it not to some extent, politics always is, uh-huh. right? And once we entered the television age, yeah. it became that in a much more intense way. Now you've got everybody having this presence on social media as well, which brings it to a whole different level. But I am a big believer in connecting okay. with people. Mm-hmm. And if one of these individuals can have, I think a breakout moment is a real moment. Yes. I think it's a moment where. You know, you have a zinger that is so, wow, he or she is super quick, understood Mm -hmm. the answer that me as viewer wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. I think that person understands who I am and what my concerns are. Think about Ronald Reagan. Think about the fact that this is where this debate is taking place and the, the struggle and engagement of ideas that he fostered. And I think... You know, I was watching an old video of him uh, earlier today, and he's talking about the government, the size of government. Get the government off your back. That's what we want to do. And I thought that is a message for him politically that resonated deeply. And that's what you have to do. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for tonight, sort of a surprise. Somebody needs to make a play. That's what we always say, like in stand-up, okay, and this is very similar to politics – You know, they go on stage with points that have been beaten into them. That's the game plan. But you make a play outside of your talking points. Mm. You know, it's stand up. You know, you have an act, but you make plays when you're talking to the crowd and things go on in between. So we need to. So are you saying there should be a two drink minimum for the candidates? You should go comedy (laughs) club rules. Well, that would make it interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, come on. We've we've already had moderators asking about UFOs. Uh Uh We loved that question. It's a great question. Of course it is. It's a real question because the Pentagon has just written a report about it. And (laughs) it's so. 
Congress had just done a hearing on it, and they admitted to us that they're not telling us everything they know. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, the funny thing about that question is that, you know, Brett and I went back and forth, like, uh-huh. questions he writes, questions I write, questions that we're both attached to that we mm. don't want to let go of. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was actually one of his questions. We wanted to do sort of a lightning round at the uh-huh. end. But what happens is that, you know, one or some candidates out there, you go, oh, this person only, you know, hasn't has had four questions. This person's had two questions. Yeah. You know what? We're going to. On the fly, mm-hmm. we're going to send that question over there to the governor of New Jersey, um, who seemed offended by it. I'm not sure why. I know, because you're really behind the eight ball, because people are talking UFOs, because the government is talking UFOs. You know what I mean? Exactly. And well, the government has said some very strange things. A lot about, of things. Oh, yes. Well, we know stuff is out there, and we're not going to tell you what it is. Um, this may become an issue. We also have a Space Force now that we didn't used to have. So um, I, anyway, but I also think it's good to uh-huh. have, you know, something that people aren't expecting in the yes. question realm, right? Uh-huh. That's the point, because you punch them in the human. And how do you how do you get that curveball, and what do you do with it? I actually yep. thought he answered it well. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about trusting government. Yeah. Oh, you have to be honest with people, whether mm-hmm. it's this issue or other issues. I thought that was a pretty good pivot. Thank you. We're talking to Martha McCallum, previewing GOP primary debate number two tonight on the Fox Business Network. It's going to be excited. Uh, The idea that they're going to have this debate, you know, in an effort to be the Republican standard bearer uh, without the guy in the lead there, number one, but without there being any certainty about who they'll actually be running against on the left. This is a question I wanted to ask you about. There's a second. De- there's a third debate coming up uh, between Newsom and DeSantis that our friend Sean Hannity has kind of brokered. Yeah. Is there any world where Newsom is not undermining Joe Biden by participating in this debate? If only because he's going to articulate a lot of the liberal worldview 40 years his junior. You know, here's the thing. Everyone, when you look at the numbers of people who want someone other than Trump and Biden, Uh it's it's like 67 percent. It's a big number. (laughs) Right? Want their choices to be something other than Trump and Biden. So it's smart for both parties to have a solid plan B. And they can't speak about it openly, but they need to have a solid plan B. And for Republicans, they have plan B, C, D, E, E, F, G. Um, And so – you know, hopefully tonight we'll sort of produce a catalyst that might narrow that down a little bit. On the Democrat side, they need to have a plan B, mm-hmm. right? They have a plan, you know, sneakers yeah. and plan, you know, use the back. The back <laughs> plan B is the smaller the staircase. Stairs, right. <laughs> but they need to have a serious plan B because Joe Biden's numbers and this isn't, you know, my uh-huh. opinion. This is just what's out there. Yeah. His numbers are terrible. And so – yeah, there's no world to answer your question where this isn't seen as Gavin Newsom presenting himself as Plan B. I just think it's the funniest thing in the world because everyone who's out there campaigning for him is basically just campaigning for themselves. Like Gavin Newsom can't get in front of enough microphones to say Biden's the guy, but why is he saying that? You right. know, we get it. Every it's, time he does it, he's showing what the alternative could it be. It is. Thank you. It's such a fascinating performance art. So this is the last question, having moderated the first debate and expertly so. Uh, you've been in the ring with all of these guys. Uh, and gals, uh, who has the potential to steal this thing tonight, or is that hard to say? I think there's going to be a lot of attention on Nikki Haley. She had a, a strong night the first time around, and then it turned into an increase in, in her poll numbers. Yeah. So that is significant. So she has a tall order. She's yep. got to maintain and build on that mm-hmm. tonight. You know, everyone wakes up, you know, feeling great or not feeling great on any given day. Yeah. So if she is in the zone, she uh-huh. could do very well tonight. Okay. I think Ron DeSantis also has a, a, a it's incumbent upon him to save his candidacy uh-huh. and to have a, a moment that breaks out. There's so much hunger for him out there. Yeah. I was listening this morning on Fox and Friends. They were talking to voters, you know, in mm-hmm. a diner or something. You know, 
what do people ask? Well, Ron DeSantis. I like Ron DeSantis. People want to like him. Yeah. Um, so the the ground is 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 there for him yeah. to create something, there, and we'll see if he can. A lot of jerseys in the stands. They just need him to get a hit. That's what happens. That happens at like baseball games. All right. So I, that's a good analogy too. He played in a little league World Series. He did. We need little league Ron DeSantis tonight. If we can get little league Ron. Well, Brett said he was uh, at the you know a few treadmills down at the gym this morning out Whoa. in uh, California. Whoa. So um, he, wow. he's been working out and getting ready. Uh, I think I think you dropped that to make me hit the gym. Every time I hear a gym <laughs> reference, you know, Brett works out, Jimmy. You should try it sometime. All right, Martha, your intervention has worked yet again. Thank you for your time today. Enjoy the show tonight. Thank you, Jimmy. Back Always good to see this. you. You're the best. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, I don't get a lot of homework assignments on this show. There's not like a, a Fallon book club. You know, Oprah had a book club. They don't really want, a, you know, you went to community college, you play video games in your 40s. They don't generally want your recommendations, but I'm going to give them one anyway. The book is called What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left, Tragic Destruction of Our Cities. The author is a multimedia matinee idol, a fan favorite here at Fox News. You see him all up and down the dial. And he is gracing us with our presence on the East Coast, the bell of the KTTH radio ball out in Seattle. Jason Rance is here and the crowd goes wild. Hey, man. Yeah. Uh, Thank no, no, you so much for having me. You stop it. Uh, again, I, I don't, as you would imagine, a man of my intellectual means does not waste their time with, you know, book lectures. And sure. you got to read this. But I consider this book not, I, you know, you're a conservative, you're a conservative radio show and a phenomenal one at that. But this is a human book. When we're talking about what's destroying the country, okay, mm-hmm. they might group this as a conservative viewpoint. But the issues we're discussing affect everybody. Yeah, I, I love the idea that holding a position like we shouldn't allow open air drug use or <laughs> we should put criminals in jail, that somehow that is a conservative perspective. And I would argue like almost everything in this book, and I cover the gamut of topics that are destroying our cities and unfortunately spreading to the suburbs. I would argue much of it is apolitical. Yeah. Now, I, I might see things through a conservative political lens, mm-hmm. but the average person doesn't look at our criminal justice system and say, you know what? I'm a Democrat, so we should let people out of jail <laughs> so they can continue to commit more crimes. Everyone kind of holds a normal position on this. The, the problem is when you get radicals on either side, frankly, yep. of an or, issue mm-hmm. driving policy, it leads to what we are having right now in so many cities out-of-control crime, drug use is rampant, and yet somehow you now have to pay even more to live in that surrounding area. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you think about it. The the government is not fulfilling its responsibilities. When you think about what we pay for government, why we pay taxes and stuff, like when you hear Target's leaving, when you hear CVS is leaving, those are big box retailers with resources. Like mom and pops are a generation away from having to flee every one of these big cities, no? Yeah, and those don't usually get the same amount of attention. Target closes a a handful of shops. Uh It's a story. It's an Uh important story for the reasons why they're doing it. But consider all of those smaller businesses that have not survived. You had not just the COVID economy. On top of that, you're dealing with the rampant crime, having someone break into your business all the time. I talk to folks in western Washington all the time. So Washington State banned vehicular pursuits for officers. They Mm -hmm. cannot chase you. So guess what happens? People (laughs) are stealing cars. We've seen a surge, and they're two weeks The last two weeks, every single day, we've seen at least one case of a stolen vehicle driving through a storefront 
crooks getting out, stealing what they can, getting into another stolen car, and then just driving away. By the way, you do not have to speed away because the cops cannot chase you. Dude, this it is, is ridiculous. It's insane. This is the dumbest time it's ever been to be alive. Read the book. It's called What's Killing America Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities. You will read this book and you won't be you you won't read it like, oh, the Republicans just have their bent. No. If people are driving cars through storefronts, they're not asking whether a Republican or a Democrat owns the storefront, are they? No, they really <laughs> don't care. They just want to get away with their crime, which is what they're able to do because they know they can. But this is the problem. I think our politics have gotten so reductive that people actually will try to the extent that they can turn a blind eye towards things that they see as a liability for their party. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that there's a reluctance in some cities, especially the deep blue cities, for uh-huh. the folks who live there to just acknowledge there's a problem. There's a there was a New York Times piece about San Francisco a few days ago saying all is okay in San Francisco. It was aggressively ignorant. It's just <laughs> a stupid article. And, and you look at all the data on the ground, and, and San Francisco is the one city that I truly believe is dying before yeah, our very eyes. Sad. I think we can save all the other cities. The problem is most times people cannot identify the exact policies or people who are to blame. Yeah. So you know that there's a drug crisis. Okay, mm-hmm. so if I go outside right now and talk to 10 random people who don't smell like weed, asking them good luck, well, yeah, good luck. Yeah. asking them what is harm reduction? Mm-hmm. No one could answer that question. And I bet people listening right now don't know the answer to that, which is okay. You guys have lives. We get paid to read the news. But that's the policy in every single Democrat-run city that has been adopted by the federal government and is responsible for why we have a drug crisis. Yeah. And so how are we supposed to fight that? How are we supposed to push back if we don't even know what it is? Nobody and knows. And so What's Killing America gives you all of that. It tries to decode mm-hmm. the craziness on the left. And I hope people buy it, if not just for the knowledge. But I have said this many times. I want to get on any bestseller list so I can put that on my Tinder profile. <laughs> because I, I'm in Seattle. Yeah, They know I'm a conservative. I need just a little bit of an edge for them to overlook that. And let's at least have them think I'm wealthy. Bestseller goes a long way at the it bars. Does. It does. Listen, the guy's being honest. That's the yeah. kind of transparency we need in our politics in this day and age, Jason Rance. Uh, the book is called What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities. I love it. I'm excited about it. Uh, when you come to New York, we don't get enough rants here in New York, but we, you know, we always do something fun. I think last time we took pictures in Times Square. Yeah. That was fun, right? It was. What, what I... <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Well, what I'm noticing now, this is weird, uh, in, in New York, in this immediate vicinity, people are becoming more outwardly supportive of Fox News. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really weird. There is a shift that you can tell is happening because uh-huh. people are experiencing the negative effects yes, of the policy. Uh-huh. You, you go about your day forever and you're like, oh, there's no big problem. Until then, your home gets broken into, yeah. your car gets broken. You bring your kid to a park that's filled with needles. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, all of a sudden you're saying, oh, okay, maybe it's not like this conservative conspiracy just trying to rip into big cities. Yeah. It's, have you seen the, the Seattle video that Jesse Waters did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, listening to these dummies mm-hmm. talk about what's going on on the ground and pretending, oh, there's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. even acknowledging that someone is smoking fentanyl like on the side of the road and you're like, well, are they bothering you? Hey, it's like, do you, are you OK with them slowly killing themselves? Yeah. White lady who's privileged and wants to be like the white knight coming to save the day. Rance, you're you killing it. Him. No, you yeah. get it. OK, uh, we know what's killing America and we know what's going to save it. Jason Rance is everybody. Thank you. And Kennedy she saves the world. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
You bet it is. And we are fired up for a big hour, an embarrassment of radio riches on Fox Across America, your home for top shelf radio. In a bottom-feeding political world, it really is uh, just a societal cesspool. And we're going to try to pump it clean in this hour. Uh, Two of my damn good friends are joining me for a full hour. Ryan Reese is here. Charles McBee is here. Gents, great to see you. Hey, we're back. I don't know how this happened. We got the rebook. We did this last week, and I said to the executives this morning, I'm like, I'm going to have McBee and Reese back. And they were like, that's stupid. But Use your common sense. Because R. Kelly's in charge now. <laughs> oh, that's, all right. a, that's how it's going here at Fox this week. No, I'm kidding. It's good to have you back. I, and I do mean that. Uh, and I hope it sounds sincere. I rehearsed it all morning. <laughs> I, I have been working that one out in front of a mirror for about 20 minutes now. I kid. It's great to see you. I know the crowd's excited. And it's debate night. So what I thought we would give to the American people is, you know, we're all comics and, you know, people you hang out at my house is a very but we are okay it's listen it's someday proximity like a, that's all you need in this business just proximity he's that in a credit another year he went to jimmy Fallon's house it'll be worth something they're like that guy that wow like i saw him on dateline that you know that guy <laughs> that word the word comic can be used interchangeably by the way yeah <laughs> oh it is amazing well folks everyone listening at home needs to know this 99 percent of the people who have the word comedian in their bio like comedian so-and-so aren't ever performing for pay ever no comedian so-and-so now it's that happens there are comedians out there that have it but 99 percent of them are just like sociopaths yeah you know you know those people who if like say there was a murder outside their apartment and eyewitness news was there they stood in the background <laughs> and the next time you introduce them on stage they're like can you bring him on as as seen on abc <laughs> okay. it's the equivalent to somebody introducing themselves as com- <laughs> brain surgeon john smith yes yeah. Odds are, <laughs> odds are he might have won the game operation. Right. He's played it. We can't guarantee you he's won, Ryan. We can't. Uh, but it is debate night, and I wanted to have a very human take. We have some callers that we're going to get to as well. But Martha McCallum was here before you. That's your opening act today. Okay. She moderated the first presidential debate, mm-hmm. and she made a really good point, and this is something everyone should be watching for tonight. Right now, there's like 100 people running, okay, and Trump has a 50-point lead. The only way anyone's going to close the gap if they want to catch Trump is to bump some of the other people off. So there's a real motivation tonight for this to get pretty cutthroat. Hunger gang. And this, yes. And the secondary motivation, which is the one they won't speak to out loud, is money. Okay, the guy's cutting the checks. If the needle ain't moving, why do they keep writing you a check? You know what I'm saying? You know the old Goodfellas line when he goes into business, you know, F you pay me. Mm-hmm. Okay, F you pay me in this game is F you move the polls, move the number. And nobody's been moving the number much. Like Nikki Haley got a good bounce off the first one. DeSantis is, you know, kind of backwards, not breaking out. Um, and everybody else is basically auditioning for a role on Dancing with the Stars, you know, if they don't really have a big night tonight. Yeah. So on that level, I'm excited to see some catty Real Housewives stuff, Ryan. What do you think? I want to know what they got to do to stand out. Well, you know what Martha was saying, for real, is they a breakout moment to her was not a scripted talking point. It's a good joke we didn't see coming. It's a comeback that really pops. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's a, you make a play. And I was explaining it to her from a stand-up perspective as you go on stage with your act, but then there's another 40% of the laughs you get from making plays, reacting to them and stuff. We need crowd work, Ryan. Well, crowd work. What, yeah. what about those moments in, uh, in, in you know, campaign history when they've tried to do the breakout thing and it's just gone so wrong? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, like Hillary when she was like, I have hot sauce in my purse. <laughs> <You're> like, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What are you doing? Whoa. Uh, I mean, the, the greatest one ever is when Tim Kaine, her running mate, you know, I think I've talked to you both about this. He was trying to zing Pence, and he's making it about Trump being the host of The Apprentice. 
He's like, the American people don't need a president that says you're fired. They need a president who says you're hired. Oh, my God. But it died so hard, and it just yeah. looked awful. And Pence goes, you and your running mate, like a lot of them pre-did lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. It hurts so bad. <laughs> That's a great point, uh, Ryan. Um, yeah, if you're not good at crowd work, and we're sitting next to one of the best crowd Ever. workers in the, in the game. Uh, in the game. You, if you're not good at it, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it's, yeah, to your point, it would be great if somebody just went off script and just, you know, went in and had a crazy mm-hmm. moment. But at the same time, if you're not good at it, yeah. it's not going to work in your favor. The potential for disaster. Yeah, but they all think I, they're good at it. They yeah, all, they're yeah, all yeah, like, yeah. Eh, I'm pretty funny. I got this. And you're like, oh, no, please, please it's like, don't. It's like when you start start a set and you go, you know what? I think I'm gonna riff up top, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you quickly realize like you are not <laughs> riff material. Don't do this move. This is a move they need to know. This is comedy one on one. So you got an MC host in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Audience loves him. He's brought up three comics already. The fourth comic goes up and tries to open by bagging on the MC. <laughs> it never ever works no. because he's established currency with the audience you haven't as the new comic yeah and now you've dug a hole so this is a good advice for all of these candidates tonight it's i say this about comedy you never ask the audience to hate something until they like you first yeah so these guys need to start by being likable and if they're going to try and go make that play it's not about forcing it it's about just letting the debate transpire and knowing you have a line and the host in the, in in this analogy i would say is trump mm-hmm. if they're going to attack trump it, it, good luck because the audience there they're already on his <laughs> like side like you got to be likable first before you go and try and attack the guy that they they're in love with he's yeah. the star he, he's, yeah. that's why you bought tickets that's why you're there <laughs> he's the main event what do you, do you do you think that this is Basically, just an audition for vice president. I mean, other than Pence, obviously. People feel that way, but this is significant, okay? One-fifth of Republican voters say Trump and only Trump. So four-fifths of the electorate is open, you know, to the fact that they want to win the election bad enough that if Trump is actually in prison, he's not going to win. I'm not saying it's going to end that way. But I'm saying there is a scenario where he's not the nominee. And if it comes to that, then what these people are doing tonight really matters. You know, where they help Trump— uh, if he does wind up being the nominee is and this was the case in 2020, uh, Trump's surrogates, the people who go on TV to make his points, are better at making his points than he is. And what I mean by that is the people who love Trump love the way he makes his points because it's like, look at her. She's a fat pig. This guy's corrupt. Biden's got Alzheimer's. Great. Yeah. Go Feffy. Yeah. Go, but if you need the people on the other side to come your way, having someone who's just messaged, just a disciplined messenger yeah. actually makes a good case for Trump. Whereas Trump brings in the sensationalism. He's the show, you know. Uh, But that's where his surrogates help them. So if the Republicans have, like, a very substantive debate tonight, because these are Trump policies. There's nothing there espousing that Trump himself doesn't really cosign. Then they help him. But if it becomes a food fight, which is what I want. (laughs) Which is what Chris Chris Christie wants. (laughs) Well, he ain't going to throw his. That's the problem. (laughs) Boom! Zing! Pow! Charles McBee and Ryan uh, Ryan Reese are here for the full hour. It's debate number two. Uh, if we were going to talk about the guys who aren't going to win, which is pretty much everybody on the stage tonight, yeah, what would these people be good for? Like Pence was a governor. Pence was a vice president. He's, I, 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 I hope everyone listening is sitting down. He's not going to be the nominee. <laughs> I saw him two days ago. He was here on he was on Kill Me Show. He's so wonderful. He addresses me by name. That's cool. But he ain't yeah. going to win. Yeah. And I don't owe him that just because he said, like, nice shirt, Jimmy. Yeah, right. I can't insult your intelligence as a listener. And like, now you know he's got a shot as Pence. 
No shot. And besides, he was lying to your face, so you shouldn't <laughs> reward a liar like that. Pat. Pens couldn't get a. He doesn't have a shot at a at a at a Pfizer convention. <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan, what would you do with Mike Pence? I feel like he'd be a great like uh, uh, actor, like a doctor on TV, or uh, you put him a in a judge. lab coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just got that face. He could play a TV doctor. He was a great radio host. He, he actually was a really good. He could play Fauci. He'd play Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> And Fauci would love to be portrayed, but Fauci would want the role. He'd be like, I'm playing myself. Yeah, yeah. Fauci likes the TV. What yeah. happened is Fauci's had that gig since 84, and he was never on TV. I mean, he wasn't ever on TV, and not even like during the AIDS epidemic, because TV wasn't as you know involved back then as it is now. Um, I think Fauci really did fall in love with being on TV because he did a lot of TV. Fun fact, during the AIDS epidemic, he also told everybody to wear a mask. That was, that, <laughs> Is that true? No. No, oh, okay. I was, I was going with it. I'm like, he I'll was, listen. He was uh, doing a lot of TV before COVID. He was like the uh, Channel 5 or like Channel 7, like, we're going to throw to a doctor. That was Fauci. Really? He, he was he, making so he likes rounds. hair and makeup. Oh, God, yeah. He likes hair and makeup. All right, so Pence plays Fauci in a biopic. Uh, what, what do we do? I'm just thinking down ballot now. Uh, Tim Scott. Could, could be a vice president, okay? He has a job in the Senate if he doesn't get the nomination. So we don't really need a gig for him because he's occupied. Like DeSantis is a governor. It's occupied. Haley, you know, could be vice president, could be the nominee. Like she's the one surging right now. Uh, I think the most genius thing the Republicans can do if it's not Trump is actually nominate a woman, nominate a black dude like Tim Scott, cut off the lane. Especially because Biden, if he is the nominee, I don't know if you heard this, uh, he's having some race issues this week. Uh, he was trying to bring uh, LL Cool J on oh, no. stage. Uh, uh, why is that ever happening? Ryan, if, I, this is, I want to play you this clip, okay? But before I play you this clip, okay, none of us are going to like what Joe Biden said, but I still consider the bad guy to be whoever decided it was a good idea to send him out to address a hip-hop summit. Okay, that's the bad guy here, because we can all predict what's going to happen next. Here it is, is clip 10. Two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Wait for it. By the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been... What the hell did you just say? <laughs> so what happened was... Yowza. <laughs> I think we got it. This one's yours, Charles. Go oh, for it. All right. <laughs> Charles, well, let's go to you uh, for no apparent reason, Charles. Let's go to you on this one. Um, what's fascinating here is they obviously have him on a script, but he screwed up LL Cool J. Right. Knowing he did that, you know, he was getting a laugh because they half thought maybe he was being funny because there's that nervous energy. Yeah. But he clearly tried to do a save line yeah. and compliment his muscles. But his vocabulary is in 1970 because that's when he entered politics. Right. How can they – in what world could they continue to let him go out there and speak knowing he has a propensity for that? Well, they'll continue to do it. But I, I will say it's not the – yeah. This isn't the first time. No, no, no. no. I mean, he, he referred to President Obama <laughs> the same way. So it's yes. not like such a shock mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, they're gonna keep. Uh, they're gonna keep doing it. I, the only. The only raft I'll, I'll throw him is he's a hundred and ninety nine no years old. No. So everyone is a child to him. So yeah. it may not have been Whoa. racial. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mick, or maybe. Come or, on. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. <laughs> 
No, listen. You know, if the he guy... hadn't been a Republican, you'd be, th- you'd be throwing him bail. No, I wouldn't. You, right. you have no idea how much we sure. just dumped on Carrie Lake on this show, who is just a circus clown. We'll get to that next. Carrie yeah. Lake, who ran for governor of Arizona. You know, she still claims it was stolen to this day. She has no future in politics. She wants to be Trump's VP. So the problem is, over the course of the summer, uh, when she was running for governor last year, she was tweeting about DeSantis constantly. He's a governor of Florida. He just won record, you know, record number reelection and everything like that. She was literally tweeting that he had BDE and saying it at rallies because it was a happening hip hop slogan yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And he's the model governor. He's the greatest thing in the world. Yesterday, she does an interview where she's like, you know, DeSantis was the worst on COVID. He shut down everything. He screwed the kids. He made the vaccine, none of which is true. But she was out doing that because she's trying to curry favor with Trump. I don't let people get a transactional pass because I feel like I can help the country more by acknowledging, you know, that I shouldn't be in charge of our democracy. There are talk show <laughs> hosts who get out here and shill for one party no matter what. because yeah. they, they really think, you know, that's their job. Like if I'm in charge of our democracy, look, it's already over. Yeah, we're, we're done. I'm sitting here in a, a shirt that I borrowed from Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> I don't know that I, you know, I don't know that I should be doing it. But 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 Ryan uh, talking about this Biden thing is McBee tried to give him the pass of the century. Are you concerned that if Biden continues to refer to people in such terms, uh, he will lose the ability to decide who is and isn't black? Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Do they take this away from him? I, I mean, McBee, he's in charge. Yeah, he is in, he's charge. in charge. Is it a race issue or a pronoun issue? What are we upset about? <laughs> he mis- the left is upset yeah. that they misgendered him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you know it's boy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> them has biceps bigger than my forehead. They. <laughs> they. They. Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things, America. There aren't serious people out there. But the number is he's down 19 points with black voters right now. So you better believe there's a conversation out there about replacing him. That's what makes the debate so funny tonight. All the with Republicans who? are desperate to get well, Newsom. Newsom's debating DeSantis now. That's, they just agree to that. And make you know, Newsom's like, Joe Biden's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, and we all know he he's isn't. the guy. Uh, however, right. I'm engaging in a primetime debate against Ron DeSantis <laughs> hosting, hosted by Sean Hannity. I'll be out there on TV looking gorgeous. Uh, 50 years younger than him, making all the points he does with no mind at all on k- making people wonder if maybe I should be the guy. Yeah. I mean, you got to love it. I mean, it's so funny. It's every movie where they bring in, you know, the guys at the top executive and then they bring in like the new guys like, no, he's just here to assist you. Yeah. No, I'm just here. <laughs> no. I'm just here to. Just, just, I'm just me and my abs. Yeah. And my... <laughs> Meanwhile, they're ushering the how guy you... out of the room. But how do you step over Kumala like that? Well, they're oh, gonna. Oh, I'll easy. explain. No, it's done. They hate her. I'll tell you why. I'll play you a clip after this. Back after this. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I own damn fries. Talk here today for Monday, September 25th, goes to the 46th president of the United States of America, Joe Biden. A lot of people are upset that Joe Biden referred to LL Cool J as a boy. Uh, as you can hear, he corrected himself on the spot. You know why Joe Biden corrected himself? Because he's 137 years old. He fully understands the word boy in the racial context around a white man referring to a black man as boy. See, boy is absolutely a white racist word when used in a certain context. Oh, Fox Across America. I had to bring in McBee's boss to correct him. That was Charlemagne the God. McBee was like, oh, you know, maybe he was just called him. He's old. Everyone seems young. I know you're being funny. I'm just laughing at you. But that was Charlemagne giving Biden his donkey of the day. McBee, of course, a 
head writer for Charlemagne's TV show on Comedy Central. You wouldn't know anything about this. No, but, no, no. But anyway, uh, Mick B in studio for the hour along with Ryan Reese. We were talking about running Biden uh, in a multimedia age. So what are they? What would they have to do? This is my theory really quick. And callers on hold, we're going to get to you. You like you are very important because I don't have a lot to say to these guys. So don't go anywhere. 888-788-9910. There's not a lot of talent in this studio right now. They're actually trying to sell extra advertising to fill the time. I kid. <laughs> Uh, but when you think about last time, he didn't have to run because they had the COVID variant. So every, there right. wasn't a lot of campaigning to do. The media just yelled at Trump every night. We had a bunch of riots. Things were going on around the country. Right. They kind of shortened the length of the race. If he's running this time, it's a longer race. I mean, Trump being on trial every day might help. Do we need, in, this, in the day that we're in, do we still need campaign stumps? Like, I mean, is that necessary? So is that what you're saying? I'm saying, like, do they really need him out there? Nobody's excited to see him. No, no. No one really wants him to be out there saying anything. Maybe they just, if he just gets people to kind of, who, who who can deliver the message, who For are him. great with the fireworks yeah, yeah. and stuff, and be a representation of him and have him kind of be, you know. Are you saying like a hologram like they do I for Tupac? Something. Like the Wizard of Oz or something? Yes, yes, the Wizard of Oz. Yes, Wizard of Oz. It. So yes. you're literally saying the president yes. is not capable of showing up somewhere and speaking. I think it's in his in his detriment, yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> but at that yeah, point, that is how do you run him? The wizard, you wizard of Oz it. But what I'm saying is, like, why would we want him to be the face of this thing is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you, how would you execute it. No, I'm saying it's, it's not about just, what we actually want. You, I'm saying if they right. want, if if they, if he is the candidate, yeah, if yeah, he's that, the candidate and they want to actually have a chance at this thing, uh-huh. then it would behoove them to find some ulterior way, <laughs> alternative way of getting him out there and his message out there without actually him being out there. It's like putting Mitch McConnell out there to make another speech and then going, <laughs> I can't believe he froze again. <laughs> like, find another way. Ryan McBee is, you know, also an actor. And he wants a starring role in the series finale of America. An actor. Dude, get an actor to play Biden. <laughs> And your support, you're actually a supporter of Biden. <laughs> Wait, I didn't say I was a support. Any actor that's his age has been like me too out of Hollywood. That's the problem. Pence well, so is, is available. <laughs> Pence is available. More with, the, more with the gang after this. Let's assume the election was November the 3rd of this year. And, and they said the candidates are dope. Joe Biden, the Democrat, Donald Trump, the Republican, uh, Joe Manchin and Larry Hogan, no labels, and Cornell West. Mm. Trump would be a betting favorite. Somebody better wake the f*** up. I think we're on the same page with Biden. Did a great service. But whereas in 2020, maybe he was the only one who could have beaten Trump, I think now he's the only one who will lose to him. He cannot run for president. He'll look bad in the debates. It's just, it's too, it's too much. He will be Ruth Bader Biden, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the presidency. It's not a good look. (laughs) Come on, man. That is Bill Maher and James Carville. Bill Maher basically saying he's going to die in office because he's so old and he's a mess. James Carville, strategist, who, by the way, very friendly with the Clintons saying Biden needs to go. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Uh, he could be oh. trying to muscle in the people's pantsuits. Are they bringing her back? She want, Listen, she's doing a newsome. She's out there campaigning for Biden, knowing he's not going to be on the ticket, which means, yes, she's campaigning for herself. 
Oh, boy. Listen, callers have takes on all of this, including tonight's debate. Let's start with Danny in Tulsa, who has a take on the debate. Danny! Hey, what's up, buddy? My man! Uh, I miss Tulsa. I miss that Tulsa energy. I got to get back down there soon if you'll have me. Yeah, hey, when you coming, I'm going to get tickets. I'll take off work. Come see you, buddy. Buy you a drink. Whoa, dude, this is hot talk here. Come on, man. I love it. Just one. Don't try to be like the rest of Tulsa. They tried to buy me 100 drinks and kill me. uh, Jimmy's very easy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm easy. He's he's, he's buttering me up over here. You're a little bit of a chubby chaser, Danny. Uh, Listen. (laughs) I'm kidding. Hey, eat eat your heart out. I'm sitting in my backyard smoking a cigar, drinking beer, and smoking some ribs. Oh, wow. Living the life, man. You, Danny, you're living the life. Well, (laughs) McBee's smoking meth, and uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Let's talk about it. Should Trump be at the debate? my, My deal is I don't. Hey, Trump don't need to go to the debates until there's like three or four, okay. and then it's him and a couple of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see Trump holler out to Nikki Haley and say, hey, be my VP. Trump and Nikki for four years, Nikki and Tim Scott for eight years, and then Ooh. Tim Scott for another eight after that. Whoa, he's, you're what building you a dynasty him? now. No, I like this. Hey, that's the, that's the Republican dream and the Democrat nightmare. It, it, no, he's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, man. And that might that might be going on, by the way, because Nikki Haley doesn't right. attack Trump. Uh, Danny, he does, she doesn't really attack Trump. Trump doesn't really attack Nikki Haley. You know, he's holding no. most of his fire for DeSantis, and then he goes yeah. after Biden and the feds. Danny, you might yeah, be onto something. You could. This is good advice. You, have you thought about billing the Trump campaign? <laughs> I'd love. Hey, just a round of golf at Mar-a-Lago. Ooh, That's well, you, you better get there before the feds do, uh, <laughs> Danny. All right, I'll, I'll let I'll let Trump know when I see him. But good stuff, man. Great call. Enjoy those ribs, my man. How about Danny? Yeah, he's Smoking. a good time. Yeah, you want know to love a guy like Danny? He's a, he listens to the show. He's a supporter, but he hears me say every day, like, I'm starving. I got to shoot this stand-up special. Calls me up. I'm drinking beer and smoking ribs. <laughs> having a cigar. Danny, you're an enabler. Ryan? It sounds like he took off from work early <laughs> in anticipation for your uh, appearance. Yeah, he's really looking forward to this. Well, this is the thing about it. When you look out at the country, the people who say America are not nearly as fun as America. America's yeah. where the action yeah. is. No. They're, they're barbecuing and drink and smoking cigars in America right yeah. now with an apostrophe. Yeah. As they're driving school buses, some of them. Yeah, I mean, they're shooting wolves people. from helicopters in yeah, America. These are America. fun people. Uh, Wally is down in Florida. Wally. Oh, what's up, Jimmy, my man? Oh, buddy. Uh, you got I, some Nikki Hickens. I want to start off, though. I think there's a challenge flag for Biden on the, uh, on the racist comment. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows the race yet of LLJ Cool J. Fair. Fair. He's got... <laughs> 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 He's right. Listen, if he invents a person, he technically has us there. <laughs> it, it may be a 10-year-old boy. We don't know. It's just that. 3D you know, chess. To... <laughs> but uh, as far as the debate, I want to talk about the, the big controversy surrounding the debate and the reason I may boycott it. Yeah. Why, why has there not been a holiday kids' table for the forever freshman, Fox freshman, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, hey, man. Are you saying I should be on the debate stage getting asked a few questions? Uh, you get a little table just like the holidays, and <laughs> you, can pull, you can pull some horseshack and say, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> A debate kitty table. I'm going to text Perino right now. The problem is she's, they're going to sit her there by accident because she's four foot seven. 
I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, as your radio buddy, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very mad about this. I, I may have to, you know, I may have to boycott the whole thing. No, I think you're well within your rights, Wally. I will reach out, <laughs> McBee. You were going to say? I, well, listen, if not the kitty's table, I do see a spot for you, moderator. Moderator Jimmy it should be, be asking debate. the questions. A good debate, honestly, if you were asking them, like seriously, superficial, like pop culture questions, because you find out who the person is. Yeah. You're right about that. I think a funny moderator would go a long way. Yeah, it's but I want this Jimmy. Well, Jimmy. I don't. I don't want him cleaned Jimmy, up. No, Jimmy, there's another alternative. You sneak in in a waiter's outfit and just serve them at the podium. Well, you're in luck because that's the only kind of clothes I own. Have you seen me on TV? <laughs> Wally, you might have something here. Great call, brother. I'll, I'll watch tonight for you. Be good. Uh, 888-788-9910. Uh, oh, I like this. Jeff has an idea on how to keep this the traffic under control. Yo, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? Good, man. What's the word in Huntsville? Hey, roll tide. Yeah, I figured, man. You're feeling good. You got one <laughs> loss. Yeah, that's probably well, it for I the year. I hesitate about saying that. <laughs> I know. One loss for you guys is like a disaster. You know what I mean? The I know, t- right? Like, we got to fire this coach. He's only gotten us six titles, this slacker. But uh, This is the first time I've called in, Jimmy. Well, that's a big deal. Uh, if you've listened to the show, just you know not to use any big words, and you'll be fine. I don't know anyway. <laughs> My man. All right, how do we run this hey, debate uh, tonight? What do I tell Dana? I'll call her when we get off the air. Tell them to just cut their mics. Okay. Oh, when they start, like, talking over each other? Yeah, I mean, you can't understand them anyway if it, they think it's a censorship thing. Yeah. there is. You can't understand what they're saying when they all talk anyway. That's a good point because they lose time in the debate. You know right. what I mean? It's If they got an hour and a half to do this or whatever it is, there probably right. is 12 minutes a night that you can't even understand. It's like It is like watching a Biden speech. <laughs> There's 12 minutes yeah. where you're like, what did he say? Was hey, that I got one thing to ask you. Give it to me. Reckon you can get that Emily girl to give me a shout out one day? Whoa, whoa! Ah, <laughs> uh, for like your birthday or something, or just because you're an all-around pervert? Yeah, we'll say we'll say it's my birthday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I will. Uh, I'll work on that as well. That'll be the second call I make when we get off the air. Uh, Jeff. Hey, I'll pr- yeah. I appreciate it, Jimmy. Epic debut on the show. Some fine analysis, a bit of perversion. You fit in fine, Jeff. Call back anytime. Uh, God love him. We're also putting a call for a restraining order. Can I tell? Absolutely. We had a guy on with Emily one day because Emily, you know, she's on every Tuesday, host of the the Fox True Crime podcast, co-host of Outnumbered. You know, Emily, so flagship broadcaster here on the channel. So we're taking crime questions, right? And a guy uh, with her on the line is like, we talk for like four minutes, and he's like very professional, and we're done. Like we're going to commercial, and he's like, my wife knows that you're my celebrity crush. I love you so. Much. I'm like, dude. What are you? We had it. Like, we all know you feel that way. But Aggie don't behave. You know what I'm saying? I need yeah. a squirt gun. At least, <laughs> at least he did it when she wasn't on the air. Uh, Paul is out in Long Beach, California. Yo, Paul. Hey, Jimmy. I love your show. I was a dedicated Rush listener from Whoa. the day I heard him till the day he passed away. And you smoked the competition in a good way. Hey. I mean, you're funny. Nobody else has your wit. Funny, and I know yourself, deprecatory humor is great, but you're winning smart. Oh man, you have me almost falling out of my seat, dude. Uh, daily, it's great. Um, as far as the debate, uh-huh. uh, I don't want to see Trump there. Some of these people they have a future, they're possible future mm-hmm. candidates who could win in the future. 
And when, if Trump gets on stage with them, it's going to be a celebrity roast, mm-hmm. and the opposition will just run that in future campaigns. Mussolini, mm-hmm. uh, please know I need to. I'm I'm suffering from Mussolini now. Mm-hmm. I need a place to flee to if he's elected. <laughs> I have nowhere to go. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. You ever see the, the end of the Ferris Bueller movie? Yeah. <laughs> You're still here. It's over. <laughs> What are you doing here? <clears throat> Listen, I-, I love all this analysis, but you got to ease up on the compliments. I'm going to have to give my drug dealer a raise. Like if he hears that, okay, he's got. I'm just telling you, it meant a lot to me, Paul. But I- if he heard that, I'm out a lot of money right okay. now. This- he's going to triple his well, rates. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to avoid those in the future. But <laughs> no, seriously, it's very. My ears. Well, I'm thank you, brother. Listener, and I'm spreading the word. Well, listen, I-, I owe you that. You're doing a lot more than my agents, so let me know where to send the check. <laughs> have a great day, Paul. Awesome call. Uh, listen, for everybody listening who says nice things like, God, Jimmy, I should lose a rush, which is uh, amazing. There's no, like, talent comparison between him and anybody. What we're doing on this show that sets it apart from other shows, we're just having fun. Like, the world's on fire, and most people are getting on the air and just dumping gasoline on it. They're just getting you madder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We are absolutely just roasting marshmallows. That's the superpower. We don't have one. You know, yeah. if I had a superpower, believe me, I'd be selling eight million books and screaming at you. You know what broke this country, right? <laughs> and, like, and believe me, I have an idea of what broke it, but I know that's not going to fix it. You know what I'm saying? This is the thing of for real, you guys. And this is what you're getting out of listening to me. I'm still new enough and dumb enough that I give a. You know, I'm sure if I'm in media 15 years, I'm on my, like, third wife. They're all named Jen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'll be getting on here and screaming at all of you. So lap this up while I still have a soul. You know what I mean? You guys get it. Uh, Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese. How you doing, Megadettos, from the quality state, my friend? Is it ever? Is it ever? What's the word in Sheridan? I just wanted to let you know... Just like the last caller, and you had a caller yesterday, you have filled a void for a lot of Americans driving across the fruited plains. You're the friend we've never met. You know, if I could get some comp tickets to Helena, I'd be up there in a <laughs> heart. This guy just no buttered worries. me up for comp tickets. But, 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 you are, you're a voice of reason, and you just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing awesome, and I can't wait for tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad Trump is in there, because I'll tell you what, a winning ticket would be uh, old Trump and uh, Ramaswamy. Ooh. Well, Vivek does not bash Trump, Reese. Vivek wants that gig. You know? Yeah, he he wants the VP gig. And he, he's on stage making all the Trump points. He's, yeah, he's calling everybody else pack puppets and everything in between. Uh, Reese, we're halfway there on the comp tickets. Like you really, you really had an impact on me today. Uh, how many yeah. do you, how many do you need? Uh, I just need two. All One right. for my wife and I, I got a beautiful wife Ooh. and Ooh. I would be a better man. Uh, Ooh. she makes me a better man Wh- every day. Which show are you trying to go to? Are you trying to get me to come do a show in Sheridan, Wyoming? Well, come to Sheridan, but that isn't going to be possible. Helena, Montana, Friday night, October 17th. Is that makeable for you and the missus? You give me a ticket, I will be there. All right, well, there's one ticket for your wife. Let her know. (laughs) I'm kidding. Reese, we'll talk soon, but I'm going to get you there. Thanks thanks for calling in. We'll make this work. See you soon. 
Ah, uh, I mean, lovely wife. Yeah. How do you not compliment the lovely wife? Gotta compliment the wife. <laughs> you guys got one more call in you? Sure, sure. Matthew, he's out in Utah, cousin Tommy country. Yo, Matthew. Hey, hey, how's it going, Jimmy? My man. How far are you from West Jordan, where my cousin's probably smoking weed right now? Oh, probably about two hours. Maybe. Oh, okay, okay. That's like Chaffetz lives over there. I venture down there, though. It's getting a little too blue for me down there. It is, right? That's that's. Someone was telling me that. I, I it blows my mind, man. Like we got to turn Utah around. I don't want to hear that. You know, Utah does what not need an Austin, but you're getting one. Jimmy. You got to come out to Cache Valley. Ooh, it's so different than the rest of Utah. Mm-hmm. It's we're our own little area. We're just in the mountains up here. Nobody bothers us. And we leave everyone else alone. Oh, imagine that. That sound that sounds solid. I'll and there's no farmland. No, no, that's amazing. I have a neighbor that climbs my fence and questions me about things that happen on Fox or the music I'm playing. <laughs> like that you, Are you that could Tim Allen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Matthew, listen, uh, we're gonna book a field trip for real. When um when my stand-up special drops the end of January, like I'm going to be going on like a 15-city tour. Yeah, right? But I will be out there because I owe my cousin a hang. So we're going to get some you and me time in. There you go. There you go. Hey, so I just want to echo what everyone else has been saying, though. I mean, I grew up a Rush baby. My dad listened to it. Whoa. We were in an 86 Chevy Suburban, and that's what we listened to Rush until I grew up, you know? Oh, that's right. And uh, after he passed, I, there really wasn't anything else worth listening to. Um because the guy that the English guy that would fill in for him, I can't find him on his own show. Oh, no. So I I listen to you, man. Oh, brother, that it's, means a lot to me. But what you guys don't yeah. understand is like I'm surrounded by two comedians that are going to bust my balls for a month because of this. Tell them about the time Jimmy had people on and paid them for compliments. <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, no, Matthew, that's it's, it is a high honor. Like understand how much like I was driving along in a taxi listening to Rush. So it's so bizarre to be coming through your speakers right now because I was on your side of the speaker for most of my adult life. So that's really crazy. And thank you guys for real. And um, when you meet me, I'm telling you, it's everyone who's been to one of these shows. I'm the same dude off the air that I am on. And that's why this worked. We're just Cheap. real. We're just real people. Real. <laughs> I'm just a real flawed person who's not afraid to admit it to you. But Matthew, seriously, thank you for the call. We'll do it again soon. Um, you guys. So I have three friends. I have three friends. <laughs> I got, got it up to three. No, I'm kidding. People, uh, this is the thing about a radio crowd that people on the TV side don't get. That's why I love doing radio so much. Like, you actually spend real time with these people. Like, when you're on TV, right, uh, you're on for three minutes, and you're gone. You're in and out of their lives like a smash and grab. Radio is like you're there at work with them. You're there in the truck with them. I mean, if you're one of my listeners, you're there in the jail cell with them. You're right there on the top bunk. You know what I'm saying? All through college, I used to skip class just to listen to Howard Stern. You did. You know, back when he actually did radio. You know, it was... <laughs> now he works two days a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but I get it, man. Yeah. You oh. are a part of these people's lives, man. Well, it's live also. Yeah. You know, it's it's a different connection. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, TVs, you, you get the feeling that it's not as authentic. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't fake this level of mediocrity. <laughs> no, no, you just press into the mic. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, they they it's... wouldn't allow this to happen on TV. <laughs> like, no. Back after this. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Your radio buddy will become your TV buddy. Uh, doing some debate preview coverage on the Fox Business Network tonight at 6.50. Before Dana and the gang take over after that. For all of the GOP candidates on one stage. It's going to be a bit of a food fight. 
Ryan Reese, Charles McBee are here. Uh, we have managed to get through a second hour together. No one had this in Vegas. I think the over-under <laughs> was like an hour and six minutes, and this would be. People were expecting me to come back from break. Do you think the callers got us through it today? They filled a lot of time where this could have went off the rails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it actually felt like an adult show. Yeah, thank you, callers. <laughs> the game, if you were giving out a game ball today, we'd probably give it to the callers, right? Yeah. We got some smoked ribs. <laughs> Take that, Martha McCallum. It's the only radio show that's a bringer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys watching the debate tonight? You can say no. Absolutely not. You don't. You don't want. You yeah. Know. This no is the thing is, okay, if, I don't, if you don't work in media, right, I always found that watching like a presidential debate is a good idea till you're watching a presidential debate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it just feels like a maid of honor speech that went on for way too long. Yeah. You know, I'm like, all right, every, you're hitting your glass in your living room. Like, all right, here, here. Uh, but I will be watching it because I, having been able to interview a lot of these people, I know how desperate they are tonight. Like, it's going to be <laughs> ugly. I'm just telling you because I care. Fox Business, some desperate candidates. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. There it goes. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.